This is a download from the Passionate People Project. For more information, including available pictures, videos, and links featuring today's guest, visit the3p.com. That's T-H-E, the number 3, P.com. I'm your host, Damon Cole Quahoon. Today's guest's commitment and passion for saving lives was documented in a New York Daily News story when he was only 13 years old. Luckily for countless New Yorkers, he's held on to that youthful idea and has since made it his reality. And today, he shares his passion with us. This is the Passionate People Project. Please introduce yourself. Right now? My name is Hilton, Hilton Farr. Um, I'm 35 years of age, grew up in Harlem, well, near Harlem, Upper West Side. Yeah. Got a lot of flack for that. You say Harlem and it's below 110th Street. It's not Harlem. Grew up on the Upper West Side of Manhattan, spent a lot of time there. Spent a lot of time in the Bronx, so I'm pretty much from both places. I'm currently an EMT. Uh, I've been an EMT for 10 years. I'm also a correction officer for the state of New York. Been doing that for five years. Now, on the uh, Passionate People Project, we don't ask, are you intelligent? We ask, how are you intelligent? So, how are you intelligent? All right. Well, let's take the type of work that I do. Both of my careers are hands-on careers, but... One I enjoy more than the other, obviously. You know, nobody likes being around a bunch of convicts, so we'll, we won't talk about those felons. We'll, we'll talk about the, the work that I rather enjoy most, which is dealing with the public. As an EMT, I'm exposed to a lot of different situations. And in order to have an effective outcome in these situations, you have to have an understanding of what it is that you're doing and what it is that you need to do to provide the most optimal care for people. So in that sense, I would think that I am intelligent because I've mastered an art of how to reach my people, meaning my patients, and, and take care of their needs effectively and, I mean, at least maintain their life long enough to get them to the hospital. Yeah, yeah. Within that alone, I mean, there's, there's so many different things you have to learn. You have to learn the workings of the body, the workings of the anatomy, the workings of medications with the body. Um, you got to know offhand where a certain, what criteria a patient has to go to what hospital. Like if someone gets shot, you can't take them to Mount Sinai. You got to take them to a trauma center. Depending where you are, what's the fastest one to get to? These things will all come into play within a 10 minute window. So we're talking about some, some logistical stuff. We're talking about logical, mathematical with, with that. We're talking about um, probably some spatial visualization spatial awareness, and, and earlier you mentioned interpersonal dealing with people, um, and, and probably a few more, but tell me, of all those things you do, which one do you think you're strongest at? Of all the components, which one do you find comes most natural? I think my interpersonal skills. Okay. I'm able to connect with people like in their worst time. I can probably get someone to laugh and get their mind off of that incident, for just even if it's for a few moments. 
like I like to tease old ladies and 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 say to them, you know, I know what you're thinking now, ma'am. And an old lady would be like, you know, having like her hip is dislocated, and she's talking about what young man. I said, you're probably thinking, my, that's one pretty EMT. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and the lady will chuckle and then you know we'll, we'll, I'm able to move her a little easier because she's laughing and it distracted her from what I actually have to do in order to treat her right. um, family members I, I, I develop a somewhat of a rapport with them and I, and I become a patient advocate mm-hmm. so definitely a strength is interpersonal skills right yeah and so now define your passion well for us. Back in 1989, I was a student at Joan of Arc. So this is this will be actually the first documented case where I said I wanted to be a paramedic mm-hmm. back in 89. I knew well before that, but this is the only proof that I have is the article that was printed in 1989. I said to the lady, I'm quite interested in becoming a paramedic. That's probably what I'll do with my life. Wow. You know, and, and I knew from then that's what I wanted to do. I enjoy being out in the street. I enjoy being the freedom that comes with it, I enjoy the help. It makes me feel good when I actually save a life. I mean, I got a letter somewhere from the fire department recently that I saved someone. Wow. You know, bringing back someone from cardiac arrest, it's a great high. I think Rocky from uh, Bed-Stuy Valley said the greatest high is saving a life. Because mm-hmm. he, uh, he took a bunch of misfits back in, I think, the early 70s. And uh, he started himself an ambulance corps, volunteer ambulance corps, with the same concept. That was his passion then. Now, who is this? Rocky, uh, I can't remember his last name, from Bed-Stuy Volunteer Ambulance in Brooklyn. And uh, his, his passion was to save lives. And, you know, I kind of took that on, too. I never got a chance to actually do volunteer work, but it's definitely uh, something I'm looking into. Because I don't, I don't do it for the money, clearly. I have a, I have a full-time job, but it's... um. It's something that I enjoy doing. Now, how did you, do you remember when you figured out that it was your passion or when you were able to identify that it was special above other, you know, interests, childhood interests? Well, as I grew up, I, you know, that wasn't the first direction I went in. I, I was dealing with kids at first mm-hmm. and uh, I hate them. <laughs> <laughs> I, I hated the kids. I hated working for the agencies. I hated the people I worked for. But what kind of kids? Oh, disturbed kids. Kids with a, with a lot of mental issues. Okay. You know, it's not their fault. They, they were damaged goods because of their parents. But I, I wasn't really the person they needed mm-hmm. because I, I was, you know, I wasn't really a, a um, that caring of a, of a young man at mm-hmm. that point in my life as far as kids and their needs. I didn't understand. I wasn't a parent yet. I wasn't, you know, none of that. It was just a job. Yeah. And um, I was just working, working, working and not enjoying work. Mm -hmm. And then the opportunity came along for me to take the EMT class and it would have been paid for by the union. Mm -hmm. So I said, hey, it's free. I always wanted to do this. It's a start. Let me get into it. Um, Once I actually finished the course, well, actually, before I finished the course, my mother had passed away. So I had to... uh, you know, do it over again. The class was a um, was given in my neighborhood on 103rd and Amsterdam Avenue uh-huh. at the youth hostel. I took the class. It was paid for by the union. Um, after the smoke cleared from my mother passing, I went back and finished up. Started working for a company, and, and immediately I fit right in. I, I loved it. The money sucked, but I still <laughs> I went to work every day. You know, 
I had two jobs. Like, you know, I always have two jobs. And uh, that's when I, I realized, when I got from transport to 911, that's when I realized it was for me. I mean, I've seen so many things and the way you react under certain situations and pressures kind of lets you know if it's for you or not. You put your feet in and you find out if it's for you. And EMS was definitely for me. So now that leads to my next question. How does your passion speak to who you are as, as a person? My caring nature will still, I have a caring nature about me now that I've developed. Okay. Like, I'm pretty sure if I went back now to work at Children's Village or something like that, I'd be able to deal with it better because I have a more understanding of people. Right. I have a better understanding of people now than I did then. Right. right. Um, it definitely has provided a caring nature. I'm more understanding. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, there's times where you got to deal with BS, but that's with everything. Mm-hmm. But when you really help someone who needed the help, it, it feels great. Yeah. Like, do we have a saying in EMS, 90%? BS, 10% O-S. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, when that 10% comes around, you better be ready. Uh, yeah. yeah. And you find this to be true beyond work as well in terms of uh, your helping nature? I, w- I would definitely think so. I, I would definitely attribute it to that. I mean, I see it and right. I recognize it. People like call me with, with the oddest requests and, and I don't really say no to much mm. you know as long as it doesn't affect my family I'll, I'm willing to do whatever let's talk about talent in this realm what specific talent do you possess that it, that enables you to engage in, in your passion to do well in it uh, again I just go back to the interpersonal skills that, that silver tongue man that, mm. yeah, I could sell water to a whale you know? <laughs> It's definitely, you just learn to deal with people. You get a special understanding of dealing with people. And I think that has helped me in corrections. Mm-hmm. I've never really had to go upside somebody's head because I'm able to deal with people on a different level. And they feel that. Yeah. I'm relatable. So when did you, when or how did you discover that? This Did someone, that you discovered on your own or did someone point it out to you? Nah, I think I just found it with maturity. Yeah, because, you know, us men don't really sit around and powwow with people. You find out a lot of things on your own. Some some guys do, some guys don't. I'm not really one of them. With maturity, I've learned to communicate a little better. So let's talk about that. Um, let's talk about elevating that talent of dealing with people into a, uh, into a refined skill, one that you can just use on command for any situation. How did you elevate it to that level? Maturity, you know, is, is obviously one way. But can you speak in detail? It's more of a series of things that happened. Mm-hmm. Like I, I've seen it in, in in different things throughout my career. Like I was uh, doing a rotation in the emergency room for paramedic school, and there was a guy cutting up, and I was able to talk him down, get the knife away from him. Mm-hmm. And and to, well, razor. I mean, I make it too dramatic. <laughs> he had a razor. It wasn't like a, a butcher knife. Mm-hmm. And he was uh, cutting himself, and I was able to talk him down. When when other people couldn't, they tried, and he was getting more aggressive, and he was becoming more irritated and irate. Mm-hmm. And uh, I was able to talk him down. I guess because he felt that I was genuine. Yeah. 
So I, the silver tongue, man. I could really talk my way out of a lot of things. I've talked my way out of tickets. <laughs> Before I announce myself, I can get out of situations. I mean, I can't recall the last fight I've had because I'm able to navigate around that. I, I, did you did you recognize recognize that in yourself when you were a kid? Nah, not at all. If I did, I'd probably be a lot more advanced now. Mm. And I didn't pick up on that until later on in life. But experience kind of helped helped you understand and see it and, and grow it. Definitely. Yeah. yeah. I mean, because if you if you're not exposed and you have no idea what you're working with you don't know how to use it right. you don't know when to use it you have to find ways to use it along the way so we know how i normally ask how do you use your talent to channel your passion but we talked about that um, how to use it on the job um, but now talk try to describe the joy engaging in your passion brings you or try to describe the feeling engaging in your passion brings you well, how many people do you know that could tell you they delivered a baby? Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I, I, I delivered seven babies. So that's that's like a great joy in itself. I got pictures, you know, people like, here, hold the kid. Mm. <laughs> that that feels great. It, it, it's so hard to narrow it down to one feeling. Yeah. You know, because in 10 years, I have so many different things that have happened that I've seen. and Just in life in general, mm-hmm. so, yeah, it's hard to narrow it down. Mm-hmm. There, there's no one word to describe how has all that enriched your life, your day-to-day life? Well, there's, there's a couple of ways. There's the obvious, the, the material ways. Mm-hmm. I, I've moved into a better neighborhood. I, I'm able to get, quote-unquote, better things. Mm-hmm. You know, my, my lifestyle is definitely adjusted because of the fact that I'm good at what I do and I get compensated for it. Let's talk about other... Um, areas, the other ways you're intelligent and how you utilize those. Obviously, we have interpersonal, but we also started talking about spatial uh, visualization, meaning navigating that ambulance through the, the city streets. Yeah, us versus a taxi cab is a war. <laughs> Driving through the city streets is hard in a car. And imagine you know, an ambulance weighing tons with all this equipment and four people inside and sirens going and your adrenaline's pumping mm-hmm. and you're trying to get from point A to point B, that's definitely something that's a skill that takes it takes time because it's it's a talent. It's, it's <laughs> It can be stressful at times. Uh, you also have to be a human GPS. Like I mentioned earlier, you need to know where a person needs to go depending on the criteria they fall under uh, because of whatever's going on with them. Now, can you talk about, without getting into, without naming names, or <laughs> can you compare having that that intelligence and being good at it with maybe an experience with someone that wasn't good at it and what the results were, or they weren't good at navigating through the streets, moving that ambulance around? And I'm not talking about somebody that's new to the job as much as somebody that just wasn't very good at it. Well, that would be those people who really don't take the time. Those people are the people who are just doing it as a job. And you're setting yourself up to fail at that point because this is not the career that's like, I'm going to buy a mansion from working EMS. So you have to first be in it. And the the people who aren't in it have troubles like that. Mm -hmm. So that'll be the person who will never drive. Mm -hmm. uh, Their patient skills are are horrible. Like their their contact and interaction with patients suck. Mm -hmm. 
So I, I'm, I've worked with some people that I'd rather not work with. Right. I mean, it's clear that they're there for other reasons than, than the job itself. And it's, it's an easy job to do. I mean, if you take away all the bells and whistles, mm-hmm. your job is you go there, you see somebody, you take somebody, you drop them off somewhere. Mm-hmm. That's it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's simple. Mm-hmm. And you add your own twist to it to make it work for you. Right, right. Now, what... Um in what ways, well, it's obvious how you make money from this job, but talk about the different angles, the different perspectives, because in terms of making a living, because you have their EMTs, paramedics, there's, you know, the ones that work with the, the FDNY, there's the hospital ones, the private ones, volunteer, what are all the different angles of doing this work? If a person wants to do this as a career, the best bet is to go municipal, which would be the fire department, mm-hmm. because there's room for growth. You start out as an EMT, you become a paramedic, a paramedic, you become a lieutenant, mm-hmm. lieutenant to captain, captain to chief, chief to, you know, whatever. Right. There's outlets for you. If you um, are in it to make the fast money, mm-hmm. you work at a hospital. You'll start out making money, but you'll stay at that same rate for years to come. And when you retire, which is another thing. The fire department, you retire after 20 years, you get a pension. With a hospital, you're not getting a pension until you reach retirement age, and then you'll get a pension from the union. Mm-hmm. As opposed to the fire department, you work 20 years, you're getting your money. Right. Um, also, voluntary hospitals have less, well, I already said that, less outlets than you would with the municipals. Mm-hmm. I mean, with the hospital, you could be an EMT, a paramedic, supervisor, a manager, director that's it yeah you know and there's the director usually doesn't go anywhere for many years to come mm-hmm. and then he's succeeded by his one of the managers mm-hmm. so i mean that there's not really a lot of room for growth working in voluntary hospitals is good if you're doing that as a second job or if it's your main job you don't plan to stay long you're going to go to nursing school you're going to do something else you're going to keep mm-hmm. piling on to what you have so it's a way to learn yeah, absolutely. You get now volunteer hospital. Do you is is your work volunteer? No, they they call it voluntary hospitals because they volunteer to participate in the New York City nine one one system. Ah, uh, okay. There you you are paid. Then they pay, they pay well. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the term voluntary unit is because the hospital volunteers to be a part of nine one one. What they do is they'll go to the city and say, okay, we have this area of town to cover. You don't have the manpower to do it, but I do. I have these ambulances. I have staff. That's ambulances and staff that you, the city, now don't have to pay. You don't have to worry about the insurance. You don't have to worry about the salary. You don't have to worry about anything because we're going to take that responsibility from you. In turn, we're going to bill the people for the transport. That's how an ambulance makes their money. They make their money from billing and uh, from the amount of medication and care that they give. Mm-hmm. Okay. So you call 911, you can get any one of those. Depending where you live. If you live in Washington Heights, you probably get a Columbia Presbyterian ambulance. Okay. If you live in the middle of Harlem, you'll probably get a fire department ambulance. If you live on the Upper East Side, you'll get Lenox Hill or Cornell. Okay. Because those units cover different areas. Not There's no particular, like, you don't call and say, hey, I want a Mount Sinai ambulance. You call whatever ambulance is available. Whatever ambulance covers your area excuse me, is who you're going to get. If they're not free, the next available. And it might be a St. Luke's ambulance might be at Mount Sinai coming out of there and they might give you the job to go to 106 and 2nd Avenue. Mm-hmm. 
Now, now tell me, has has earning a living doing this, doing it as a job, has has it ever compromised your your passion for it? Has, has it ever kind of led you to do make choices and do things that you make that you feel compromise the reason you're there? And I, you know, I'm not talking about any kind of illicit crazy things, but just you know have policies ever forced you to not be able to help people in the way you want to help, let's say. Something like that. Not really. Okay. There have been times where I didn't want to do the job anymore, but that's based upon the people I was around, people I was with. Right. It wasn't really... There's nothing stopping me from doing what I need to do for a patient because as an EMT, you're very limited anyway. There's not much. It's not like I can whip out a tube kit and intubate somebody right. and I'd be wrong for it. Uh, we don't do that. You know, it's basically just basic life support. That's what an EMT is. Name the most invaluable resource you use in support of, of your passion. My mouth and my brain. Like one of my training officers in the academy told me, you know, you, you got your dome and your cake hole. <laughs> your dome piece in your cake hole it's better than any gun you'll ever have wow. and I mean it's 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 true to life yeah so, those are the best things you'll ever have now what about in the uh, books DVDs that have had, that have helped you uh, made, made you better at your passion helped you understand you know what you do better or even yeah, even helped helped you understand why you were passionate about it. Are there any books, DVDs? Well, I hear Bringing Out the Dead is a good movie. I haven't watched it. <laughs> what have you you like? Are there any books that you go to? No, not, nothing, nothing fancy. You know, textbooks, mm-hmm. you know, or, or protocols, things that have been written to help with the job itself. If you're confused about how to do something, there's a book for it. There's a mm. protocol book that tells you exactly how to handle that situation. Mm. But you, but you, but something like bringing up, no, I mean, is this, is there, no, on top of that, is there something out there that people read that kind of will boost, boost the paramedic EMT, you know, kind of spirit and make them prouder of their job or more you know what I mean? Is there any kind of is, is that bringing out the dead? Or are uh, there probably are, but I, I I've never read anything yeah. that to in, increase my feelings about the job. I I loved it genuinely anyway, right. so I didn't need any other influences. Right. right. But like I said, bring out the dead. They they say it's a good movie. <laughs> I, I know the guy who wrote the book. But, oh really? Yeah. Oh okay. Right, because it wasn't right. It was I actually good. worked with him at St. Clair's. Oh really? Yeah. Really. Okay. It's a great paramedic. So, so it's one to check out. Great. So now does does a person need to be well obviously a person doesn't need to be in any particular place, um, meaning city, region, country, to successfully pursue this passion. But maybe talk about the difference, differences in being in different places in doing this. From state to state, the pay rate varies. Mm-hmm. The 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 workload varies. New York City probably has one of the busiest 911 systems in the country. Mm-hmm. We field up to 5,000 calls a day. Wow. Some places get 5,000 calls for the year. Mm-hmm. You know, um, Some places are all voluntary system. Some places it's all fire department where you're, they're actually firefighters who go and take an ambulance out and respond to a call. Wow. 
Some places, police respond to the call. Mm-hmm. It, it just depends on what part of the country you're at. So you, so if you if you want to do this work, but at the same time you might want to be a fireman, you just relocate, or even a cop relocate. Right. Because New York doesn't do that. Right. Right. You're you're either a firefighter mm-hmm. or an EMT or a paramedic or a cop. That's right. it. Right. Right. They don't merge them. There's no. You know, imagine in New York City, an EMC comes to your door with gun and a cuff <laughs> <laughs> on top of it. That's too much responsibility for them here. Yeah. yeah, I can imagine. Now, what are the benefits of taking classes or going to... Okay, let's talk this way, because you obviously have to take classes to mm-hmm. get into this. But is there a difference between... Uh, like say, are there trade schools versus full out degree programs like bachelor degree programs? To be an EMT, there's no degree program. Mm-hmm. Some schools include it in the degree, whether it's for health management or something or something like that, or emergency management. Mm-hmm. Um, you can get an associates for a paramedic. Okay, but that's as far as degree goes. Trade schools, they're. <sighs> I guess technically you can call the EMT school a trade school, mm-hmm. and the paramedic certificate program would also technically be a trade school, even though it's not like an apex type of thing. It's yeah. a it's a paramedic school strictly for that. Right, right. That's all they do. They turn out paramedics twice a year. And it's not it's not for is it for any specific uh, companies or organization, or just in general? You and then you go work wherever you get a job, wherever you can find work. There's a couple of schools and. There's a couple of jobs. Like okay. the easiest and the smartest thing for young people to do would be to go to a municipal, get into the fire department first. Mm-hmm. Get into the fire department. Like I said, room for growth. You can do all those things I mentioned earlier, and you can become a firefighter. Mm-hmm. And if you want to work at a hospital, you can work at a hospital on the side. Right. All right. And what kind of hours? Just curious. What kind of hours does one expect to work as a? Well, it's like. It's a 24 hour, 24 hour operation. It doesn't stop. Right. You know, sick people don't wait till eight in the morning to get sick. Mm-hmm. So you can work midnights. You can work day tours. There's 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 a lot of a lot of opportunities out there. Some places offer twelve hour shifts. Some places offer eight hour shift. Right. Depends how you want to work. Okay. Now, are there any uh, are there any pitfalls to uh, you have to take your courses? But are there any pitfalls to say taking the the uh, college courses that include certification? Yeah, it takes longer if you're trying to work now. Yeah. You know, it depends on wh- wh- where your mind is at. If you're going to school to get a degree and, and become more of whatever it is your desire is to become, mm-hmm. then, you know, you go that route. If you're trying to get a job quickly, mm-hmm. then college is not the route to go for the EMT class. You could take a three-month class, start working, then go to school. Um, in the evenings or whenever, work out your schedule like that. Right. Now, is there is there any particular path that people have, have deemed, people in the field have deemed as way too expensive? Um, well, paramedic school is expensive, mm-hmm. no matter how you slice it. Mm-hmm. I mean, the only way to get around that hurdle is to do the degree program because then you can get financial aid right. and stretch it out over the two-year mm-hmm. two time. So you gotta work work those angles. Everything's a hustle. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, could someone? Um, do you think someone could participate and truly enjoy uh, helping people if they uh, if they are good with 
good with people. Being very interesting question. Talent, you know, if you're not a people person, how can you possibly expect? To, to do well at dealing with people. Mm-hmm. You're constantly dealing with people. You're going to go into other people's houses if your attitude sucks. Like, you can't go into someone's home and give them your ass to kiss. You got to go in the house and, unfortunately, humble up mm-hmm. and deal with whatever issue it is. Like, it may be something minor, but to you, it's minor to them. That's their emergency. They Whatever prompted them to call mm-hmm. is what they call for. You got to deal with it. Sometimes it's BS. Yes, it is. But you can't let them know you feel that way. You got to just got to roll with it. That That's where the maturity comes in. Right. Right. So it's very important. So if you're not the type of person to hide your feelings well, then this is not the job for you. Right. And what advice would you give? I know you've given some advice already, but what, would, what else would you give to someone who wants to pursue this passion the same way you have? Maybe what, what would you do differently? Um... I would have done it earlier in life. I, I got started late. I waited till I mid twenties. Definitely something I would have done earlier. Um, if it's something you're kicking around in your head, do the research. I mean, now day and age, we have internet on everything: internet on the phone, internet on the you know, Kindle, and internet everywhere, TV, whatever. There's, there's a lot of outlets. Right. Do your research. Understand what you're going to get yourself into. Might not be for you. Mm-hmm. Go too far. Thank you. Oh, thank you, sir. It's been a pleasure. All right. Mm-hmm.